Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Wednesday, June 9th. Today on the show, Adam Vingan of The Athletic tells us exactly what he thinks of Matt Duchesne, how the college football playoff expansion conversation to 12 teams is a really big deal for the SEC, but we begin with John Robinson once again doing his job. The 440 is brought to you every single morning for free by the Kingston Group. The website is buildkg.com. I think you should go look at it. If you live in a home and you want your home to make you some money and you need to do a little work on it, check out the website, buildkg.com. This is a locally owned, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm that has been doing this work in this town for almost 15 years. And they've been successful because they care just as much about your home as you do. Trust the work, trust the process. Buildkg.com. Remember the name, the Kingston Group. So John Robinson and the Titans reportedly reworked Ryan Tannehill's deal as expected on Tuesday. At least the details came out, and it appears that they cleared up about $18 million in cap space. And this means two things. Number one, that the Julio Jones contract sort of comes to Tennessee as is, which is large. Jones is guaranteed $15.3 million this season. Now, there's some outs there for Jones. He could, in theory, earn himself a new contract with the big season this year. The Titans could get out of the rest of the deal. And with Ryan Tannehill, of course, what happens is, and if you've listened to this show, what we've talked about all season, they're just moving money around on the contract. The move by John Robinson lowers Tannehill's cap hit in 2021. It goes back up in 2023 to about $37 million, and it adds two voidable years at the end of the deal that are worth about $4.5 million per. All of that funny math is to tell you that John Robinson moved a bunch of money around on Ryan Tannehill's contract because he had already received a vast majority of his guaranteed money and kicks the salary cap can down the road a little bit. We've said that phrase a lot on the show. Again, I thought John Robinson was going to do a lot of this type of stuff. He just didn't need it. He was saving this particular move, this one move with Ryan Tannehill that's, that freed up almost $20 million in cap space with one decision. He was saving it for this exact thing. He didn't know he was going to go get Julio Jones, but there's been a lot of talk about the fact that the Titans and Jones were linked far earlier than last week or two weeks ago, that this was months in the making. And even though I was critical of John Robinson for not making more adjustments to his contracts and to his salaries, clearly he was waiting for the right time to do it. They had to restructure Tannehill's deal to bring on Julio Jones. And now that they've acquired the star wide receiver, they handle their business with Ryan Tannehill. This is just another example of John Robinson being extremely shrewd. Is it going to win him a championship or win him the division or get him to the AFC title game or to the Super Bowl? No. Who knows? That's up to the players to go out there and do their jobs and the coaches to go out there and also do their jobs. But John Robinson right now in this offseason is doing his job. Once again, let's not miss the forest through the trees with JR. Yes, he had a bad draft two years ago, and we'll see what this draft class is going to bring to the table. But this Titans organization is in contention right now today because of the work of John Robinson. And it's important that we don't forget that. There was a big story from Yahoo Sports about the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams. There is no official information or release or decision from the power brokers in college football on this. But it is interesting to see an article, pretty well sourced, indicating that every single corner of college football, the television partners, the university presidents, the conference commissioners, all the people that make the decisions, actually agree on something. And that is a 12-team playoff format. Now, I have switched my opinion. I have completely changed. I will admit it. I used to be anti-expansion. 
I wanted excellence, not access. I wanted it to be really, really hard to win a championship. The problem is, is that's eliminating vast sections of the country by the end of October. And that is not good for the sport. And so I've changed my opinion. If you're going to expand, if you are going to take a crack at this thing and try to change the format, I think you need to take a big hack at it. Six isn't enough, and eight actually might hurt the SEC. You might have fewer at-large bids in an eight-team playoff with six automatic slots than you would with four-team playoff with four at-large slots. You get the math there? Four at-large versus two at-large. You might actually hurt your chances of getting more teams in if you expand to eight if you're the SEC. But if you expand to 12, you're doing a few different things here. Number one, you're adding a bye week. So there's something to play for to get into the top four because the top four would get a bye week. The next four, teams five through eight, would probably get a home playoff game. So there's something to play for to get into that group of teams. And then, of course, nine through 12, they would have a lot to play for because they're getting into the playoff. Automatic bids, hopefully no divisions. The regular season is still incredibly valuable because the conference races matter just as much as the conference races in the NFL do, and everybody benefits. The SEC benefits, college football benefits, all the other conferences benefit, the group of five benefits, TV partners certainly benefit financially because you'll have so much more real estate to sell to advertisers. Everybody benefits. I've thought about it for a long time, and an expansion of the playoff to 12 teams, I can't figure out who it hurts. I don't know who it actually hurts. Well, you know, aside from that giant free labor force that does all the work for you, that's an issue that will have to be addressed if you expand the playoff to 12. Yes, Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State are still going to win all of the national championships. But when you allow teams like Oklahoma State, Virginia Tech, Wisconsin, these teams to get into the postseason more consistently Talent will eventually spread out and more of the country pays attention for longer. It makes the sport more national, even if we love it a little bit more down here in the South. You have to think about this through the lens of health of the sport big picture, and that is allowing more teams to compete at a higher level, even if it's just to get into the playoff and get beat by Alabama. It's still a trip to the playoff that you're selling to recruits that hopefully spreads out some of the talent across the country and makes the sport healthier across the board and a healthier sport across the board is good for the SEC and let's be honest the SEC is probably going to get two or three teams in if not four almost every single season so it's good for the SEC as well today on the gold standard podcast of course covering the Nashville Predators Adam Vingan of the Athletic and I discussed all types of stuff the new Stanley Cup playoff format that we love the evaluation of David Poyle's trades and big decisions over the last five or six years but of course, expansion talk dominated, and here's a little snippet of our conversation about the Preds' expansion decisions that centers around what Adam thinks the Preds should do with Matt Duchesne. How hard has it been for you to put together your expansion list for the Nashville Predators for your job at The Athletic? A lot harder than it was four years ago. Four <laughs> years ago, it was so easy. This time, it's very difficult. Have you settled on a list yet? No, I have not. <laughs> and what I write anyway, I mean, who knows if I'm going to be right. I mean, it's changing all the time. I mean, the Predators are going through these exercises too. You know what? I was... Did you listen to the end-of-season interviews from the players? I heard some of them, yes. Okay, I was a bit put off by Matt Duchesne in his interview. <laughs> you mean you mean fact-checking his sabermetrics? Th that and how <laughs> when he was asked about John Hines, how he basically danced around the entire question you know it's clear that there's some sort of disconnect between the two and that happens and maybe maybe this is unfair 
But I feel like Matt Duchesne is trying to blame everybody but himself for his problems. And I just think that it was a mistake. It was always like he was always going to be overpaid. That's what happens when you're a free agent and you have a contract year before you hit free agency. You mean like a, a monster year during your contract year? Right, like yeah. he did. He had yeah. a seventy points. He had a thirty goal, seventy point season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and basically openly opine for each other through social media. Yeah. For so years. so. I don't know. I just <laughs> I I was just put off by it. I just think that. You know, rightly or wrongly, Matt Duchesne has a reputation as being a player that teams cannot win championships with. And through two years, he has done little to prove that wrong. And I think within reason, the Predators should try to get rid of Matt Duchesne. I don't think they should go overboard because right. you, you should see on my comment section the kind of deals that people are coming up with. Like three first round, the, the, the Kraken are going to want oh, three God. first round picks. Oh, come I'm on. like, no, you're not going to do that. But he's still better than anybody else they're going to have. <laughs> Maybe. Here's a question for you. You're going to write a bunch of expansion articles up until when they have to submit their, their list on the 17th of July. Mm -hmm. Is there ever going to be a list that you write for The Athletic that includes Matt Duchesne as being protected? No. It's always so difficult to figure out what Adam means sometimes, isn't it? He's always dancing around things, never being direct with his opinions. If you'd like to hear more of Adam Vingan, of course, of The Athletic with myself on the Gold Standard Podcast, go listen to the show. Right as soon as this one's done, just go listen to it. I guarantee you, you'll like it if you're a Preds fan. The 440 is brought to you every single morning for free by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. They are a Nashville-owned, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. You've heard it a million times from me before. They will do everything in their power to make sure that they deliver exactly what they promise you on time and on budget. And I'm not really sure what else you need to know about a company that's going to work on your home. This is your home we're talking about. So check out the website, buildkg.com. The Kingston Group, my family uses them. You should too, buildkg.com. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Make sure you check out the Gold Standard Podcast, of course. Myself and Adam Vingan talking Nashville Predators hockey out every single Wednesday. Please share the show. Just tell one person about it. We are a small, independent Nashville media company trying to serve you guys the best we can. So please share the product. If you like it, just tell one person about it. And of course, remember the name, the Kingston Group. Again, thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Wednesday, June 9th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.